your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Flames. Today, another team announced a new head coach. The Flames hot stove is finally warming up. And who is heading to the Stanley Cup final from the West and more? I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Welcome back, Sean. Jess, how we doing? Hanging in there. I I know you like to say happy (laughs) Tuesday or happy Monday. I don't know about you. Because my my work week, I guess, outside of this podcast, I think started on Friday or Saturday. So <laughs> it's Tuesday, but it feels like this week has been nine days long. Uh, yeah. It feels like a what should be a Thursday to me. But yeah, it definitely doesn't Tuesday. feel like Tuesday. No, it's <laughs> a tough Tuesday. Um, but we got some, we got a Stanley Cup contender now. Well, not contender, but a team in the final, the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. I remember us yesterday kind of talking about how much we didn't want the Dallas Stars to make it to the cup <laughs> final. So now that they're actually in it, how are we feeling about it? Um, I mean, congrats to the Flames, I guess, for losing to them. That's, I like their green jerseys. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I think uh, I've magically turned my tune on the Stars. Like, I think I'm pro ooh. Stars now because – you know, you and I have a, this love of Anton Kadobin that I think is endless. Yes. And uh, so that's an easy one as, as to why to pull for the stars and root for the stars. When the stars won yesterday, all the tweets about Rick Bonus and the gifts of him going crazy yes. on the bench. And then there's a bunch of like cool little, every kind of reporter had their own little Rick Bonus story that was really nice. Um, and then the other thing would be Jamie Benn for me personally. I would like to see Jamie Benn win a cup in his mm. career. Um and one more point, I think, as to why I'm okay now with Dallas being in the cup final, not they're actually in it. I remember <laughs> at the start of this whole but return to play thing, I said, I just want randomness and someone random winning yeah. the cup. Dallas would definitely qualify as random. Um, in Tampa, not so much, but Dallas would yeah. definitely qualify as random. So, I mean, this whole buildup to the final, for me, it's been like, oh, God, please not Dallas, please not Dallas. And then now that they're actually in, um, I guess maybe I'm just trying to make the best of a – of a less favorable situation, but I think I've turned on the stars. Maybe I'm pro stars now. Yeah. I mean, I jumped on the Islanders bandwagon because I'm just kind of anybody but Tampa have, and I've always been that way, but you know, if the Islanders want to come back, that's great. But you know, I'm going to do some reverse psychology here. I don't want the Islanders Hmm. to win. So hopefully tonight they, they lose. But yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of all of the content that we got to see last night. And then just Anton Hudobin, a a wonderful hockey, a gift to hockey. (laughs) Like it's... It's amazing. And and the best part is it's it's not even like him and being silly in interviews. Like there's a little bit of that, but it's just his his, his it's him being him. It's his authenticness. <laughs> like Anton Kadobin being Anton Kadobin is something I think everyone can uh kind of get behind, especially in 2020, where he's kind of the perfect character where he he's just he almost seems like he's in his own little world and everything's yeah. okay there. And uh he brings some levity to what has been an otherwise disaster of a year um for everyone. So uh Anton Kudobin, the easiest person to root for in the Stanley Cup final, regardless of if it's the Stars playing the Islanders uh, or the Lightning. Yes. Uh, So, like I mentioned a few seconds ago, Tampa can wrap it up 
tonight against the Islanders. But do you think that the Islanders could possibly squeeze one more win out um, in the Eastern Conference Finals just to kind of, you know, exhaust Tampa a little bit? I I have very little faith, like (laughs) probably 5% or less faith uh, in the Islanders. I think, you know, this might be some me trying to, to kind of read the minds of Tampa Bay, but I think there's something to be said about, you know, being a team like Tampa where you're one win away and you're, you're off last night and you're watching the stars game and you see the joy the stars got to experience clinching a, a cup final appearance. I think that might be like uh, a nice little motivation and, you know, obviously making a cup final is motivation enough for Tampa Bay, oh, yeah. but having it like really visualized and seen yesterday by the Dallas stars, like, you know, it's it's going to be Tampa's going to. I don't think. I think it's very unlikely Tampa comes out and just kind of is is coasting um, because they're up in the series. I think it's more likely that they're they're going to be a hard team, maybe the hardest to, to play against that they've ever been in these playoffs because they saw what Dallas got to experience um, yesterday, go, clinching their spot in the Cup final. Um, so now Tampa wants to. Tampa's saying it's it's my turn. So yeah. Um, I'm not liking the Islanders' chances, even if if Dallas lost last night, and you know we're just we're just chatting about can the Islanders come back against Tampa uh, without Dallas making the Cup final. I'm, I still wouldn't like the chances. Uh, even remove all the motivation factors aside, the the matchups it, it's just been overwhelming kind of for the Islanders. So I'm not favorable of it, but I like your reverse psychology. I think the <laughs> ultimate nail in the coffin would be to go uh, to the length of a prediction. I will now predict the. Uh, lightning are going to win tonight um and Ooh. so since all predictions have been so wrong all year that obviously means now the islanders are going to win so uh, yes. there we go let's pile on to this reverse <laughs> psychology uh, is so in the past we've seen a lot of um you know i feel like entertainment and kind of like theatrics surrounding the stanley cup like especially 2018 where uh vegas and the caps Oh, I went to the finals, but this year obviously is different because, you know, the whole bubble situation and last year, the blues had uh, that little girl, Layla, who mm. um, was kind of their little motivating, um, you know, something that they had, you know, is there really anything <laughs> going into this year for really any team? <laughs> I'm trying I can't think of anything like the Rick bonus stories were were cool yesterday that's like the Mm -hmm. only thing that's in the ballpark of kind of what you're getting to there I don't know like I think it's it's more so just the bubble like that's that's the obvious one I did not get a chance to watch the game uh, the stars game yesterday Um, but one thing I was really interested in seeing on the reaction on Twitter was just how weird it I guess kind of was seeing the stars in that mode of celebration mm-hmm. uh, after the game. And it's, you know, we talked about it yesterday, just the empty building and what's it going to be like for the team that ultimately wins the cup celebrating in an empty building. Like, you know, that's, I think that's kind of going to be the the weirdness of it. And I mean, have these playoffs for you been any less intense than any other playoffs? Because for me, even without the fans, like the games are still like everything they're, they're putting yeah. everything on the line. Right. So uh, that's been a huge, I think, positive overall with this whole return to play is that the intensity hasn't been lost, uh, despite the fact that there's no fans in the building and there's not that same energy in the building. The intensity is still there. Uh, so I think like that, that entertainment overwhelming storyline of this mm-hmm. cup final is just going to be the the weirdness the of it. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you had seen this uh, for baseball. They're not allowing 
champagne celebrations or anything like that. So I'm, I don't know if they had anything like that last night in the locker room or, you know, if they're even going to bother with celebrating as if, you know, it's not in a bubble. I can assure you that whoever wins in whatever sport, they will have a fantastic yeah. celebration. I think the the leagues, like you mentioned, Major League Baseball, kind of limiting that champagne celebration or, or even just getting rid of it entirely. You know, that's maybe a, a little bit of a PR move, maybe a, just the league trying to show it's trying to be safe. Uh, but I can assure you, you know, the team, yeah, it's 100% right. They may not have the, the exact same celebration that they would under normal circumstances where they're you know, partying in the locker room for a bit before ultimately leaving the arena and going to a bar. But maybe they, in this, t- in this scenario, they just go back to the hotel as they have done for a few months now and, and kind of celebrate live it and, up. and live it up there. Exactly. So uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress over the fact that, you know, the party won't be there. I'm sure the party <laughs> will be there. Uh, but it's obviously, it's like everything just going to look a little different uh, and a little weird. One thing that was, you know, very weird and very on my nerves today, Jess, was after the stars game yesterday and I want to get your opinion on this yes. conversation as a whole. Cause it's a, it's an overarching hockey topic of the last, I don't know, five years, maybe seven years. Tyler Sagan was asked, what's it, what's it like prove to you as a team that you have a negative goal differential and now you're in the Stanley cup final. And Sagan said, well, it proves that basically I'm paraphrasing, but he says it proves that analytics don't mean anything. So I don't have a problem with the question or Sagan's answer. My problem was, with everyone on Twitter now trying to prove how smart they are, whether you're on the analytics side or the non-analytics side, I just hate this whole, like, yeah, it's, it's awful. And you know, there's, there's, there's people in the wrong on both sides, people in the analytics community trying to prove um, way too much and people on the non-analytics community just trying to um, demean the analytics side of things and all that. Like everyone's just trying to prove how smart they are. And it's, it's all so annoying and so dumb. I don't know a single person in the analytics community or the non-analytics community that pegged the stars to make the cup final. So mm-hmm. um, in the end, you know, you're, you're both kind of have your faults. Right. Right. Um, and it's like any, I was listening to Dr. Phil do an interview with James Corden last night. And if you go watch the clip, this will make all the sense in the world. But Dr. Phil was talking about how in a negotiation, he doesn't try to, like, you, you would think Dr. Phil in a negotiation would be trying to get the most money for Dr. Phil. Um, but he says the best tactic for a negotiation, or not tactic, but the best way to have a, a great or a easy negotiation is to try and see what the other person wants and then help them achieve that rather than looking out for yourself. And I feel like the same thing kind of applies to this analytics versus non-analytics debate. Like, you both bring something to the table, so kind of work together, see what the other person wants, and, you know, work together as opposed to trying to be on one side of another and, and just fighting and butting heads the whole time. Cause you know, obviously there's a place for both, you know, sides of the arguments. So I don't know, it just drives me nuts. And it happens every couple months. It seems that um, Twitter just turns into an analytics versus non-analytics debate that rages on for 12 hours. So I don't know, yeah. it drives me nuts. I just have to get it off my chest. What do you <laughs> think? Do you, does it irk you the same way this whole debate that seems pointless? Yes, because um, to start, I'm not a math person. So when I see anything with numbers and like percentages and things like that, like my brain just goes into like, okay, we're like, nope, we're done, like shut down mode. Um, But like at the same time, like they do and they don't matter. The only person that I saw say um, 
that Dallas was going to go to the cup finals was Pete Blackburn. And I'm pretty sure he said it as a complete joke. He said it back in May. Like, of course, like whatever, who cares? (laughs) Just just be happy that there's hockey. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It just, it's, 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 there's a couple of things in sports that I hate. Like I hate Mm -hmm. uh, when, you know, people start like a, a TV show or a radio show and they say, wow, like this is a great time to be a sports fan. And then they list everything that's happening. Uh, now, <laughs> granted, you and I have acknowledged how busy the sports calendar is, but um, yeah. at least twice a year, someone starts a show with, it's a great time to be a sports fan. It's usually in April or it's in October. And I'm just like, dude, come on, this happens every year, twice a year. Uh, let's come up with something new. So anyways, I just had to get this whole stupid analytics thing. And the, the whole annoying part of it is it's not Sagan's fault like it's it's a no. fine answer and the playoffs or sorry not the playoffs the players don't care about analytics and they probably really shouldn't like they should just be worried about Focus doing their the job game. analytics is more of probably a tool for team building and uh maybe some scouting and opponent scouting and that kind of thing the players don't care so of course Sagan's going to give that answer like I said it's not his fault and it's not the reporter's fault that that question was asked it's a totally fair and probably good question so um just classic Twitter turning nothing into something and making me annoyed i think i need to delete twitter but then i feel like i'm totally (laughs) lost and out of the news but i did that last week i had my friend change my password for a few days i was like i need to get off of this hell site and just kind of focus on other things and it was refreshing i could (laughs) use one of those i could definitely use one of those speaking of focusing on other things that's what we'll do next we'll get back into the flames a little bit of hot stove action i love the word hot stove Uh, the stove is heating up so we'll get into that next what moves and what targets could the flames be looking at maybe in terms of trade or free agency uh but first i have to tell you about our friends at doordash jess it has been a hectic day for me uh so doordash is definitely on the horizon uh, I still have stuff to do after this podcast. So, and one of those things is definitely not going to be cooking. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to open up my phone. I'm going to go to DoorDash. I'm going to pick from over 300,000 different partners that DoorDash mm-hmm. has in Canada, the US, Australia, Puerto Rico. They've got everyone on this app. So no matter what you're craving, whether it's pizza or tacos, it is Tuesday. Maybe tacos would be the way to go. Uh, are you a Taco Tuesday person, Jess, or a Taco Thursday person? Taco Tuesday, but I will not turn down tacos ever. (laughs) The correct answer is both. It is both Taco (laughs) Tuesday and Taco Thursday. Uh, So like I said, DoorDash is is the great place to get whatever you want in terms of food cravings. And another great part is they have a safe contactless delivery system. So obviously it's safe for yourself, the person ordering, uh, but also thinking about that delivery person, it is safe for them as well. And it's a great way to help your local restaurant. Sure, DoorDash has all those big chains like Wendy's and Taco Bell. uh, But if you want to support your local restaurant, in your community. Uh, DoorDash is a great way to do that as well. Obviously, those restaurants have been struggling lately, um, not having very many people uh, come through the door. So go to DoorDash right now. And the best part is our listeners will get $5 off and a zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget that is code LOCKEDONNHL. That is all one word for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And the person who is delivering DoorDash, and Jess, I think you mentioned to me that might be yourself. You have started um, delivering DoorDash. Can you confirm? Yes. Last night was my first shift. Ooh, how'd it go? A little intimidating, but it was, it was fun. 
I'm, it, I'm, it was nice. I'm awkward with strangers. So, I mean, <laughs> yep. having a, that, that contactless delivery system that I mentioned would be prime for me uh, if I was working on DoorDash. But one thing, Jess, for yourself that you might want to keep an eye on, obviously your vehicle, I think, might be getting a little bit more of a workout than it otherwise would have because you're driving around to all these different restaurants and all these different places. If anything were to ever go wrong with your vehicle, Jess, where's the one place you should go? rockauto.com. Boom. That is absolutely correct. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Jess, I don't know what kind of vehicle you have, um, but they have everything for you. It doesn't matter if you drive some obscure European model or, you know, just a classic uh, Honda Civic or anything like that, a very basic vehicle. RockAuto.com has what feels like an endless catalog of parts for every make and model. Uh, Like I said, no matter the brand, they'll have something for you. And while that list may be endless, it is uh, remarkably easy to navigate. Uh, You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. And when it comes to prices you prefer, rockauto.com is giving you the best deal. It doesn't matter if you're a seasoned mechanic or just a do-it-yourselfer in your own garage, you get the exact same price uh, no matter what your background is. Sometimes those big box stores kind of give that discount to you know the mechanic that's always coming there and, and leaves the do-it-yourselfer uh, hanging with a huge bill. Rockauto.com, you get a great deal no matter what. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us section that is locked on two words. So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto, and Sean is at Sean underscore Lavery. Back to our lovely conversation of credible uh, insiders and reporters. Elliot Friedman has turned up the heat on the Flames hot stove today. What did he say? I missed this. Yeah, so I didn't see this at all until I I somehow managed to miss this. But he reported that the Flames have interest in uh, Coyotes defenseman Oliver Ekman-Larsen and their goalie, Darcy Kempner. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't know if I like the Kemper part of things. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Like Darcy Kemper kind of feels like what Calgary has had in terms of <laughs> goaltenders for the last, ever since Kippersoff retired. Like Darcy True. Kemper seems like the the Mike Smith, Cam Talbot, uh, name whoever you want type where, you know, Jonas Hiller, where it's like a, a 1A option and a 1B option. So um, I don't know if Kemper would be the guy. He had a couple good games these playoffs where like, amazing like huge totals of saves and, and shutout performances um he seems like one of those like streaky goalies that can get really hot uh, and, and carry a team and do well but um i don't know like if, if the flames were to land kemper i would not necessarily be excited about that news um oliver ekman larson though that's a different story like he's he's been one of the league's best defensemen for a long time now what would you how would you feel jess about an ekman larson a calgary um move would that be something that you think is worth it for the flames? Definitely. I think that it is definitely uh, worth the investment. And I was reading on the hockey writers that um, the flames have, and I quote a lot of cap space. So I don't know the exact number, but you know what? 
let this be the off season that they go all in, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Ekman Larson's contract is a huge one. He signed an eight year, $66 million deal. Um, this year was the second year of that deal. And so for the next six years, Ekman Larson's going to be coming with a cap hit of $8.25 million. So, I mean, it's a, obviously huge investment uh, into what is a very good defenseman and still, you know, Ekman Larson for as long as he's been a, a great defenseman in the NHL, like it feels like he would probably be like 33 or 35 or he's only 29. So um, six years left on that deal would bring him to 35 if my math is correct. Um, so obviously like any, any six or sorry, eight year contract that that's worth that much. You're, you're going to say at the end of the deal, it's probably not going to be worth it. Um, but, you know, that's not really what you're paying Ekman Larson for. I, I wonder, though, if, if you're bringing in Ekman Larson with that huge of a cap hit, obviously TJ Brody is gone, and Ekman Larson would likely be uh, Mark Giordano's, you know, defensive partner. But mm-hmm. I would also tend to think Ekman Larson coming to Calgary would spell the end of, you know, someone like Noah Hannafin as well. Um, do you think that's accurate? I would say so. And then... Of course, that leads to the discussion that we had, uh, I think it was last week as well, of, um, you know, a trade for a top six forward and getting rid of Hannafin. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like, are these the pieces coming together to kind of make it all happen? Do you think, like, what I was trying to think today, like, now that, you know, Jeff Ward yesterday was obviously the big story of the day, um, being named the Flames head coach and getting that interim tag removed. What's next? Like we, we, you and I mentioned these dominoes that are going to fall yeah. for the Flames. And obviously like Johnny Gaudreau is, is the biggest one. Um, and it might not even fall. He might just stay in Calgary and, you know, nothing really comes of it. But like what's next for the Flames? Because for me, what I want to happen is obviously a decision to be made on Gaudreau. But I don't think, you know, obviously if, the, if a decision is made to trade him and he's traded, you know, the answer is going to be right there. It's it's going to be, well, we're going to trade Goudreau and he's traded. If he's not going to be traded and Tree Living doesn't want to move him, you know, the Flames aren't going to come out with a statement and saying, hey, guys, like, don't worry about Goudreau anymore. Like, we're not going to move him, right? Like, yeah. so we, we won't find out until the season starts. So, I mean, I guess then the next domino after Ward is probably going to be have to be TJ Brody, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's either going to be sign him and, and, and get him for hopefully a decent number or uh, you're going to have to let him walk and – if, if you're going to be serious about bringing, a, bringing in a guy like Ekman Larson, then Brody's going to have to walk. So um, I think the next domino then would be signing or not signing TJ Brody. And, you know, as, as the dominoes go, when, when one falls, another one falls right behind it. So hopefully when, whenever this Brody decision comes down, that kind of points us into, uh, into a direction, especially on the blue line about what the Flames mm-hmm. plans are this offseason. Definitely. And then I think eventually, well, I mean, obviously it has to be addressed and if it doesn't get addressed then I think that that is a big problem but um the goaltending situation because Cam Talbot has made it clear that you know like oh he'd come back if he wanted to mm-hmm. or if they wanted him but um you know I think it's time to maybe do something about big save Dave. If they... Would you would you then rather have, like, let's say the Flames come up with an okay deal that you're okay with um, to land Ekman Larson. Would you rather have that go through or would you rather have the Flames Ooh. pursue a, a number one goalie? Now, maybe, you know, we, we kind of had a little bit of this conversation a week or two ago. Um, 
So I'm trying to think of a good example, like maybe what's a comparable number one goalie to, to Ekman Larson. It's tough to come up with, but um, definitely that's a tough call. I mean, I, mm, I feel like you're going to get um, more out of OEL than a goalie, um, especially the ones that are potentially being shopped around right now. So I'd rather fix some stuff on the blue line. Yeah, I think for for me personally, I might be a little different in the in the way I think of it is, you know, let's say things stay the same on both defense and goaltending for the Flames going into next year. You know, which one which one is probably more of a sore spot? Which one are we more worried about? Uh, mm-hmm. For me, it would be goaltending. Um, so I guess given that answer, I guess my my reaction would be like, let's address the goaltending because uh, if the blue line came back status quo, you know, with the exact same uh, players that it had last year, you know, it's it's probably not a negative, um, but it's probably not a positive. It's, it's probably just a neutral, like, okay thing. Like the Flames have a pretty good blue line. Um, so I, I would address that uh, need of goaltending. Um, mm. So there we go. Hopefully, you know, we obviously have no idea what Tree Living has planned. We, we, we didn't see the Jeff Ward, or at least I didn't see the Jeff Ward news coming at the time that it did. So um, maybe hopefully Tree Living surprises us again this week with uh, – Fingers crossed for a Goudreau news uh, one way or the other. But like I said, I don't think we're going to, if it's going to be not trading Goudreau this season, this off season, I don't think we're going to find out about that until the season starts. I think uh, I would love for the flames to put out a statement saying, Hey guys, we're not moving him. Don't worry. Uh, but you know, that obviously won't happen. Uh, still ahead in the show though. We break down a new head coach in DC and we'll discuss if we think he's going to bring the caps back to the cup final. Uh, that is coming up next on locked on flames. But first let me tell you about Roman. Um, Roman is a, uh, company that helps you address a, a little awkward topic to talk about, but something that, uh, men everywhere definitely need to pay attention to. And that is erectile dysfunction. Uh, usually guys are ones to kind of just, you know, blame yourselves when it comes to something like this, saying you lost your mojo or avoid it altogether with excuses like I've had a long day at work or, you know, you're just not feeling it. Um, But with Roman, it's easy to talk about something like erectile dysfunction and you get to talk to a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication for you. It is simple, it is safe, and it is totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan and if medication is appropriate roman gets it to you quick they ship it to you with free two-day shipping the whole process is straightforward simple and like i said discreet getting started is simple just go to getroman.com slash locked on nhl and complete your online visit erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle but now there is roman complete your online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of this go to getroman.com slash locked on nhl if approved you'll get 15 dollars off your first order of ed treatment that is getroman.com slash locked on nhl getroman.com slash locked on nhl Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. The Flames, uh, I guess, technically started the domino effect for head coach signings. And today, I don't know if you saw it, Sean, but the Caps Caps have announced their new head coach. And it's not Mike Babcock, so I'm happy. (laughs) <laughs> I think Ovechkin's the happiest person. Uh, oh, yeah. That it's I'm not sure. Mike Babcock. But it is Peter Laviolette who I think is closer to being 
you know, let's say, let's put Mike Dabcock on one end of the spectrum and maybe mm-hmm. Gerard Gallant on the other end of the spectrum. I think, you know, Laviolette is, is somewhere in the middle, but probably somewhere closer to the Babcock side of things. Um, but what do you think of, of Laviolette going to Washington? Um, is this going to be a, a positive move for the Caps, or do you think this could kind of get maybe on Oveshkin's nerves a bit? I, it's so hard to tell because I, I do think that there is something in the Caps organization, I mean, specifically the locker room, that feels very clicky. Like there's like the Russian click and then there's like these wannabe frat boy click thing going on over here. So I'm going to be interested to see how that works and if there's a little bit of a chemistry issue that our good old friend Peter can fix. Yeah, I think Laviolette, like the – the element that he brings that I, I don't think maybe Gallant or Babcock could have maybe brought to this situation in Washington. Like I think Laviolette has a good potential and chance of kind of like re-energizing and just kind of bringing this group to like a fountain of youth and, and just getting this team energized and excited to play hockey again. Um, Cause after winning the cup, like they obviously had one of the greatest celebrations of their life and it's probably hard to ever, you know, chase that feeling down again and, and try and relive it. Like if they're never going to be that happy again, probably. Um, so I think Laviolette, you know, I think he might be a fantastic motivator um, and, and just a guy who, like I said, can re-energize a group who, who's kind of seen it all and, and gone through both the lows and the highs. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a core in Washington that's experienced everything. They, they kind of have, you know, a little note for every possible experience you can go through in the NHL. Um, they've lived it themselves. So maybe there's like a, a point of being not tired, I guess, but you know, you just kind of wear down after going through it over and over again. So um, I think overall for me, I think this is a, a positive move for the caps. Um, trying to think like, I didn't really put much thought into who's going to coach in Washington other than what's it going to be like if Babcock were to go to Washington. Yeah. Right. So um, I, I think I was, I was trying to think today, well, how would I have reacted if, if it was Gallant announced instead or, or someone else? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like, I, I'm trying to, I think it's hard to say how I would react honestly, but um, I think this might be the, the best case scenario for the Capitals that they ended up getting Laviolette. Now, did you hear how much uh, the Caps are going to be paying old Peter in Washington? Did I read correctly that it's just under five million? <laughs> I think it's it's definitely it's at least four million. So, oh. um, yeah, it's probably under five for sure. But you know, somewhere between four and five million dollars. So, um, there's no chance in hell that Jeff Ward is being paid no. close to that amount. I was my parents were asking me. They're like, Sean, do you know how much Ward's getting paid? I said, No. And I, I guessed a oh. million dollars a year. Yeah. Um, but you know, who knows on that number? That's that's a number we probably won't really ever find out. But my God, Peter Laviolette, good for you, man. $4 million oh, a year. And and it's like, you know, Babcock got paid a hell of a lot more money in Toronto, but he also got paid a lot of money because at that time, you know, he was taking over a team that, you know, he, Babcock really had to put in the work. Yeah. Like he wasn't, it's not, it's not something he was going to coast through in Toronto. With Laviolette, he's obviously going to have to put in an element of work, but it's but, not yeah. Toronto, right? Like he's getting paid $4 million a year to coach uh, probably the greatest goal scorer of all time and someone who is still in Alex Ovechkin, you know, a very, yeah. uh, he's still contributing at, a, at such a high level. So um, good for Laviolette. I think he might be loving this too. Like as much, as much as we talked about how much of the Capitals loving it, I think uh, Laviolette, obviously he accepted the job. So I think he's loving it too. 
I just like I don't know what I would do if I ever like walked into an interview and they were like okay like so what are you thinking for you know wages and they were just like oh yeah four million (laughs) dollars like I'm sure it's not just like a typical interview that maybe you and I have done before but like just going into just like that's insane just oh yeah here's a whopping four million dollars i will tell you that i so i just took a new job in the last i guess at the start of september during my interview process the price and this is i thought i didn't think of it at the time but after the whole interview thing that we never talked like price and how much i'm going to get paid um (laughs) which I thought was, was weird that we never talked price, but yeah. I was like, okay, like whatever. Like I, and it wasn't an issue for me. Like I, I don't really care how much I get paid as, <laughs> as long as it's enough. Right. Uh, but then when I got the, the contract to sign the, I saw the, the amount I was being paid and it was, you know, not far more, it was more than I ever, than I thought yeah. it was going to be. Right. So, um, and we're just talking like, I still get paid by the hour. Like it's not, uh, it's not $4 million a year. So even just to have, <laughs> you know, that little exciting moment for me was, was, you know, like you said, to ever walk into that kind of money, like it it feels good. Right. So I could only imagine how good $4 million feels. So um, yeah, good for Lavi. Washington's going to be an interesting team. Uh, You know, they always are with Ovechkin, but uh, for, I wonder, I'm trying to think for as good as a team as they have been for as long as they've been, has there ever been this good of a hockey team that's gone through this many coaches? Like it feels like they've gone through um, quite a few, obviously Boudreau earlier and then, um, Barry Trotz and then Trotz left and now it's like they've had some big name yeah, coaches and it's, it's bizarre it, yeah I don't know I guess that kind of leaves me scratching my head a little bit because it's not like they're a dumpster fire of a team that can't get it together and win and it's a coaching problem like I, why is it like why why are you why is there such a ter- fast turnover rate? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, with Boudreau specifically, you know, and kind of the earlier coaches, or I guess the early days of this Washington core, it was not being able to get over the playoff hump and the Penguins mm-hmm. hump specifically. Um, so I guess that kind of makes sense. And then with Tr- Trotz was a weird one, because I, I think if I remember correctly, that was just strictly like finances. Like, yeah, yeah I won the cup, but you guys don't want to pay me enough. Okay, I'll just go to the Islanders and, um, and I'll get paid there, right? So, I mean... A weird, but like, I guess it speaks to how really how good this core is that kind of no matter who the coach is, the regular season success has, has been there, you know, pretty much the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, playoff success, maybe, you know, obviously not so much, but um, a very interesting dynamic in Washington and, and one that's always evolving. Like we've, we've kind of gone through different eras. Now we're in the Tom Wilson era of this core and all that. So um, Washington and Laviolette is, you know, I'm, they're definitely, I think, a better team now. Uh, with Laviolette behind the bench than they were yesterday. Kind of like how we were talking about, is, is Calgary better with Ward now um, than they would have been otherwise with maybe a Gallant or, or something like that. I'm definitely yeah. confident in saying Washington is better now than they were uh, yesterday. So there you go. A, a Tuesday edition of Locked on Flames that feels like what should be a Thursday edition. <laughs> um, coming up this week, we'll uh, you know probably have a Stanley Cup final to look forward to uh, if the Lightning knock on wood uh, can beat the Islanders. 
a little bit more reverse psychology there. Uh, So thanks so much for listening today. Tomorrow's also Wednesday. So we'll have another edition of Would You Rather Wednesday returning, I'm sure. Um, Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Jess is at Jessica Belmosto. I'm at Sean underscore Lavery. And be be sure as well to subscribe and follow this podcast on your favorite podcast app. So you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each day. And don't forget to subscribe and listen to Locked on Stars with Josh Clark and Kenneth Nash for uh, that full reaction and analysis of Dallas finally, you know, crossing that line and making it all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Jess, thanks for today and we'll chat tomorrow.